0: Welcome back to the Onesight Podcast. My name is John, aka Baseless Josh. Josh, where's the bass? Josh! He's in the back here. Where's the bass? That clip, like, reminds me of uh, that, like, screenshot of the conversation uh, between, like, a Kanye, not a Kanye, between Kanye and uh, one of the producers uh, for Donda. And like the producer, like, woke up late. I think I might talk about this before, like, when it happened. I don't know. Uh, but the picture went pretty viral, you probably know about it. Like, the producer woke up late, uh, because he was supposed to meet Kanye pretty early. And so Kanye was like, Yeah, just don't come anymore. <laughs> and then he was like, Yeah, I'm sorry, my alarm didn't ring, whatever. And Kanye's like, Don't come, go find God. When you find God, then talk to me. <laughs> Freaking Kanye, bro, what a guy. Uh, anyways. It is Tuesday, October twenty sixth. Hope you had an absolutely amazing day. As always, it's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. Hopefully your Monday was good though. That's what I was trying to say. It's still technically Monday. For me at least. Uh once again I'm very tired. Cause once again, just got just getting just getting back from work. But it's like a longer day because I had to go to school this morning. So it just makes it feel like an extremely long day. Cause you've been out of the house for like I've been out of the house for like 14 hours 13 and a half hours it's a lot of hours to like be out of the house <laughs> it's just like constant stuff but hey i'm not really complaining i appreciate the money money is great <laughs> and money ain't free so gotta deal with it uh but like today I actually started off pretty crazy man i straight up almost died once again <laughs> Like, I was going to school this morning. I was driving uh, the normal route that I go. And I was in the turning lane, right? And our light turned green. Like, it was this dedicated turning light was green. Going straight was red in both directions. Uh, and this intersection is not too far away from my house. It's a pretty small intersection. It's got, like, a CVS uh, on the corner. And, like, as I was waiting at the light, I saw this lady like walking out of the CVS and she gets into her car. Right? It was like a Cadillac SUV type deal. Not like the Escalade, but uh, the crossover SUV looking Cadillac. Uh and like I watched her and she gets in her car and she pulls out of the CVS. Uh and she's like, stop there, right? But there were no cars coming the opposite direction because the light was red, right? And so she's but she's trying to turn what would that be for? She trying to turn right. And if she turned, when she turned right, she would then be coming in the opposite direction of the way I was going, right? And so our light turns green. The turning light turns green. There's two cars in front of me. First car goes, and that lady pulls out of the CVS, right? Second car goes, and now I'm moving up, getting to the line, and I'm back to go. And, like, I'm watching her car. I just had a feeling, bro. I just had a feeling. <laughs> Like, I, don't, I don't know, it's just it's one of those moments where you just had a feeling, bro, like, this from the, from the jump, from the second she walked out of that CVS, because, like, I don't know why, I was just watching her get into her car, but I just had a feeling, I just had a feeling, and as I'm turning, she just blows through the red light, like, it just, it, it happened, <laughs> I saw it happen, I'm like, I'm dead, <laughs> like, she, she was, she wasn't, I mean, she was going decent speed, I guess, probably on 34, 35 40 maybe 45 she picked up pretty quick in that in that little Cadillac of hers Uh, and like she was like so close to like probably like at least or at most like three feet away distance I I swerved a little bit uh, to make my turn sharper so I could get out of her way Uh, because if I didn't do that she definitely would have hit me Uh, she was like super like I like I was looking directly out of my passenger side window like at her face, like, (laughs) her, the windshield, like, through the windshield of her car, like, her car was, like, right there, like, and then the person behind me honked their horn at her, and she honked the horn back, as if we were in the wrong, as if our light was not green, and she did not just run, run through a red light, and almost freaking flattened me, like, like, I've never seen it, bro, (laughs) I've never seen it, it was, like, it was the craziest thing, and, like, if she had hit me, oh my goodness, bro, I would have gone berserk, we would have had ourselves uh, a sticky situation, (laughs) to say the least, because, like, that would have been the second time I get t-boned in the year, dude, second time I get t-boned in literally six months, six, that's not normal, (laughs) that is not normal, That that is not the normal frequency for one person to get T-boned, most people never get T-boned in their entire driving career. Like <laughs> so, like t- for it to happen twice in six months, like that would oh my god! I would have lost it. I would have absolutely lost it if I didn't die. <laughs> like uh, on top of that, I'm just just speaking on that man. Like you, you can only push your luck so many times, you know. I'm not even talking like dodging accidents. I'm talking just like making it out of accidents. Like, <laughs> I've been in four accidents in my lifetime, which is a lot of accidents. Uh, two of which I was driving. Two of which I was not driving. Three of those four were pretty gnarly accidents. Uh, it's like, I walked away from all three of them. So, I'm pretty sure the next one... <laughs> the next one maybe not so lucky because like I'm just go- I'm cashing in all my chips bro every single time I'm cashing in my chips I'm just going all in which is actually the complete opposite of cashing in your chips but <laughs> I'm going all in on the gamble and I'm winning and you can only win so many times in the end the house always wins am I right and the house uh in this scenario is just life <laughs> And so in the end, life will always win. You can only gamble with life so many times before life is like, yeah, I'm cutting you off. So I don't know, man. I find the next one. I I hopefully there's there isn't even a next one. There should not be a next one. That should not be the case. the The only reason I should be getting a new car in the future is because I choose to get a new car. Not because I am forced to get a new car because of a car accident. I mean, I guess if you can also be forced to get a new car because like your car broke down or whatever. But like also, yeah, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so yeah, the only chance to get a new car in the future is because I choose to get it. Right, and my next car will be an Audi R8. So that means I may or may not be buying a new car for like ten years. <laughs> I may or may not be driving Athena around for the next decade, but hey, I believe in Athena. She could pull it off. She's, she's got she's got gusto to her, as long as I keep it maintained. Because, uh, I mean, like, Nissan's go for a minute, right? I know Toyotas. Toyotas can go forever. Like, my dad got an FJ recently. FJs were discontinued, like, a decade ago, uh, so they have like a cult following with it because they've been discontinued, but FJs are pretty dope. Also, one of those gnarly accidents that I got into was in an FJ. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, so he got it. It's got almost at 200k miles, and it still runs like a beast. Like it's pretty impressive. Like yeah, I've seen Toyotas go for like four or five hundred k miles. Dude, did you know that like freight, like the freight trucks, like freight trucks sounds weird like uh you know what I'm talking about the haulers, the eighteen wheelers, but the front part of it, <laughs> like not the trailer the actual like vehicle itself those things go for like one one point five million miles it's absolutely insane like because like I mean at least in America right like these trucks have to go like it's like it's it's like when you compare uh an American freight truck to like a European freight truck, like like the sizes of them. uh, Like in Europe, they're pretty small. Like like the actual vehicle part of it, they're pretty small. Uh, But like in America, they're freaking like, (laughs) (laughs) they're gargantuan. Like they absolutely dwarf the European trucks. But that's because like in just about every European country, you can drive for 10 hours and you would have crossed between three different countries. If not, you would just cross the entirety of your own country, right? If you drive for 10 hours in America, like you can start your trip in Texas, drive for 10 hours, and you will still be in Texas. Like, (laughs) like America is absolutely massive. Like when you really think about it, America is freaking massive. So, You know, when a freight truck has to go from New York to Texas or L.A. or Washington, right, and they're on a time limit uh, or even not on time, just having to go that distance. And that's still domestic travel, despite the fact that that trip would take uh, like 28, 30 hours Uh, like that's. That's why they can go for so many miles. They're built to go for so many miles, because they have to. If the freight trucks, like, died after 100K, dude, we would have freight graveyards, like, everywhere. Because they wouldn't be able to go the distance, right? And going by land is... Is that even more efficient than going by air? I don't know. I wonder. Like, what? Like, what is... like? Like, why actually... Do we go by ground to cross, to go cross country, you know, especially because America is so big, would it not be more logical to just go by air? I mean, I guess financially. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. The finances behind it. You gotta, you gotta either rent a plane, buy a plane, own a plane, maintain a plane. If you do own the plane, pay the pilots, pilots are pretty expensive gasoline for or fuel for a plane is much more expensive than fuel for a truck uh perhaps at least I don't really know I don't really know the fuel economy of an airplane <laughs> so I couldn't really tell you that but uh yeah I mean that's probably it it's probably cost effectiveness because efficiency wise it would just make more sense to fly and pollution wise they do about the same so <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's an over exaggeration. Planes are, they definitely pollute more than, uh, trucks do, but those trucks do pollute quite a bit. So, you know, although I don't think that the, the people doing the shipping actually care about that stuff. So if flying was cheaper, they would fly. Like, <laughs> they don't care about pollutants. Like that's, not, that's not, that's not something they care about. They cared about it. It wouldn't be a problem. So, you know, ain't no shade though. No shade. It just, uh, just is what it is. I get you know. It's interesting too because it's like when you think about it. And I talk about this a lot whenever I do get into the whole like environmental uh, speech, get on my environmental soapbox. Uh, because like, I mean, the commercial sector. I do believe it is the commercial, No, 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 no. The, agricult- the agricultural sector does the most polluting, and after that, it's commercial travel. Uh, with like planes and trains and boats, I'm not sure if boats count, <laughs> but I do know planes are like one of the biggest uh, polluters. Hold on, we're gonna. I wanna make sure I'm giving y'all straight facts. Pollution. That's nice, but pollution. Pollution breakdown. Yes. I just want a picture. I don't want to read. I'm lazy. Come on now. It's 2021. Does anyone actually read anymore? No. No. Oh, later, it's so bad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Wait, what? No, no, that's not the chart that I'm looking for. This is give me diseases based off of pollution. <laughs> what is this? Okay, now, images are not going to work for me. No, because they, these are not the images that I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, perfect. So land runoff and discharge is the biggest. Next by airborne emissions from land processing and then shipping uh, and then ocean dump. That sounds completely wrong. No, 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 I, I need to go to, I need to go to like a justified... <laughs> I need to go take a justified source. Here we go. The EPA website. Thank you. That sounds... This this is correct. This is correct. Uh, agriculture and forestry. Nope, I'm wrong. Ele- electricity and heat production is number one, followed closely by agriculture and forestry and other land use, and then industrial and transportation. So t- transportation is 14%. Industry, 20, 21%. Agriculture twenty four percent, electricity twenty five percent. So like that right there kind of shows like not it's not necessarily a problem but a drawback of uh, this is like completely off topic of planes now but we're just talking about environmental stuff now. But <laughs> well, that shows like a drawback, a hindrance to uh, being able to move to electric vehicles, like like globally or even nationwide in America, move to electric vehicles and moving to uh, like like the other forms of electric fuel, such as like using your house, ha- like a, a, having your house run off of batteries, things like that. And as the thing that uh, uh, generating electricity or making electricity is literally the leading cause of pollution. And so, to generate enough electricity to be able to charge that many vehicles or that many houses, things like that would not actually benefit the environment, but in fact, be worse for the environment. <laughs> so it's like, that is like a big thing that needs to be solved or looked at uh, before I before we can like really fully adopt uh, the the, like, fully electric future, because I do, I do believe that, uh, the electric future is the way to go, because obviously what we're doing is not good, (laughs) it's not good, and it's not working, um, but the thing is, like, we focus so much on, like, what we, we, and, I mean, this is important as well, but we focus so much on, like, what we can do as an individual, and of course, like I said, that's very important, because every small bit matters, but, what we do is, as individuals is so insignificant compared to what the other sectors of society do, such as agriculture <laughs> and forestry, uh, industry. I mean, everyone knows the industrial sector is a pretty big polluter. And so it's like, of course, you, you try to do your best to be efficient. I mean, perhaps you've already gone electric uh, recycling is great. and Everyone should be recycling, but it's like, you know, people. How do I say it? <laughs> like other parts of society don't do those things, and those people, those groups are the biggest problem. So it's like, if everyone starts recycling, but then those groups continue dumping, you know, uh, whether it be trash or toxic waste or cutting down trees for further development all that stuff it's like what we're doing it's like it's like it's like they're nullifying what we what, what everyone else is doing you take one step forward five steps back right and the thing is it's like it's like it feels almost like the solution is further away than the consequences of our actions right so, like, to, to put it in, like, a theoretical scale, it's like the solution is 10 years away, but serious repercussions of how we are going about life are, like, five years away. So it's, it's like... Yes, we're actively working to make things better and to find better solutions, but it's almost like it's just not happening fast enough, you know? And, of course... you. More people being more conscious of everything and what and you know their carbon footprint. That's of course it's very important, but like none going to change until like we actually start changing the way we how do I say it until we actually start changing the way we go about society or the way we we run our society, right? And not on like the social aspect, but on the uh i guess in totally industrial aspect the way we the way we farm the way we harvest food the way we uh uh how do, what's the word i'm looking for the way we expand um all those things right the way we use land how we use the land uh you know, how do we, how do we maintain the land? Like all those things, like until those things actually get looked at, like a serious looking at and, and see some serious change, it's like, yeah, the solution will always be further away than the repercussions. Uh, because it's like, I mean, it's something that I've seen a lot around here. Uh Like there's this area, two areas specifically. One of them used to be like a really densely wooded area. And it has been that way, since we've moved here so it's been that way for essentially ever Uh, because georgia itself is practically entirely in a forest (laughs) we do have a lot of trees uh but they chop down like all of it to build new apartment complex and then there's another area that just recently used to be used for horses to graze i live in the sticks uh (laughs) and i guess the land got purchased by the city or whatever and now it's get it it's all of it's being bulldozed and i don't know what they're building there probably another apartment complex as well because so many people are moving here and these places to stay right and it's like i'm not saying people shouldn't move to wherever they want to move to that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that is though something we got to figure out like a better way to manage that you know a better way to manage the increasing population, uh, because I mean, I'm putting a going going like full like China and doing a a child limit doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound like a great idea, uh, but like you know, it's finding a way to finding an an efficient way to manage the increasing population because the population will increase no matter what, right? And so. We gotta find solutions to how we manage that, right? Gotta find solutions to how we live. I mean, there's just just, the the problem itself is so big, you know. It's it's so daunting to even like approach or to tackle because like where do you start? Because in a sense, everything is so interconnected, like. If you like when you start somewhere, you you will have to essentially attack everything, right? In like a cascading uh format, right? So, assuming you start with the biggest, right? Let's say you start with electricity and heat production, right? Start changing how that works, how that functions, how you generate that stuff. Well, agriculture being the second biggest relies heavily on heat and electricity. So, as you are working with that, you have to all oh, that also leads into changing and working with the agricultural sector to better, so that they can still do what they do. But, but using now the new platform, right? And then along with that, changing how they do what they do to make sure they pollute less. Right. And that change will then cascade into industrial change because, uh, the goods that those, that agriculture and forestry are making gets transported places. So, you know, how do we, how, do we, how would you then approach that, right? How, how would you make that more efficient and all that stuff? And whatever happens in the industrial sector will then cascade down to the commercial sector, which will then cascade down to us. And thus, we have the solution. Uh, but that is decades. <laughs> decades upon decades uh of work and change uh that i don't know hopefully we can achieve hopefully we can get there but hey it's just it's going to take it's going to take some it's going to take the right people being in the right places uh and being in the right positions for that to happen and also i mean i don't even get political about it but of course everything gets to politics but it, 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 it kind of harkens back to what I said before about politics is American politics. The problem with American politics is the fact that of the the two party system hating each other so much so that whenever power switches hands, all they, like, all they do is just do their best to undo what the last group did. So it's like, so no progress is ever made. And so like, that's why it's like, the, this feels like it's, it's it'll take forever to ever get anywhere because it's like if one group starts making moves in the right direction the next group will come in and sabotage it undo it tear it down even if they know that what the other group was doing was good they'll still tear it down just because the other group was doing it you know like no one the thing is the thing about politics american politics at least is that it's not about doing the right thing it's about winning That's all it's about. It's all about winning. As long as you're winning, that is the right thing, right? The right thing is whatever leads you to a win, whatever leads you to a dub. And how do you win? You win by getting votes, by, you know, reaching out to the people, because the people are your employers, uh, or yeah, they are your employers. And how do you appease the people to get them to vote for you, to get them to continue employing you? You do whatever they want, essentially. Or no, 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 no. You do whatever they think they want. Yes, that's a better way of saying it. Uh, So what do the people want? The people want to see the other side burn. (laughs) Uh, And how do they do that? You tear down the other side. Everything that they did, you tear it down, strip it away, gut it. And then do it your way. And your way may be the exact same way as the other way, but it's your way. So that makes it better, right? And that appeases uh, your party. It appeases your people. And they'll keep voting for you because you are fighting for justice. You are fighting for change. How many times have we heard that? How many times? How many slogans are we going to have to hear? that are, that they're just about, oh, I'm going to bring change, I will bring change, I will bring change, no, you won't, no, you won't, the only change you're bringing is undoing what the last group did, that's the change, but you're not, but at the core of it, you're no different than anyone else, all of them, it's all the same, like, <laughs> it's, it's it's literally all the same, it's like, all, all, all we're doing, it's like, you're, you're taking, you're taking, essentially, how do I say this without being completely disrespectful? <laughs> essentially, you take, you're taking a piece of crap and just painting it differently each time, right? Sure, it looks different on the outside, but underneath the paint, it's still a piece of crap, right? That's all it is. You're, you're just, you're just... You're just changing the facade on the outside, but on the inside, everything's still the same. Nothing ever changes, right? Because no one wants to change. Things just keep getting more and more intense as people get more and more set uh, in their ways. And the thing is, while all of these people campaign for change, they know because they're human that no one actually wants change right people don't want the change that people want is a return to how things were when they were happy right when life was good for them that's the change people want that the change is a return not a progression right that the the, the thing is people don't actually really want change They just want to go back to how things were, to whenever things were good for them, right? And so while everyone campaigns on change as a slogan, what they're saying is, I will bring back the glory days. That's impossible because nothing can ever be what it was. Everything is trapped under the the pink veil uh, or the rosy glasses of nostalgia, right? We look back to all the times we were, when we when things were better for us or whatever. And because things are crappy for us in the moment, those moments look extremely much, so much better. Right? And we ignore all the other stuff that was going on around us because things were, things were good. Things were good. Right? But things were good because that was the moment. The present is the present. Everything... The reason why things were good was because everything in the world was exactly as it was in that moment for things to be good, for you at least. And it's impossible to get back to. No matter how hard you try, you can never get back to that, right? And, of course, I'm I'm not saying all people that, you know, talk about change uh, are like that. But I would say the majority are like that, right? And so you know, it's just, I don't even know where, where, where I'm trying to go with this, I'm just talking at this point, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I just got like really like political, would that be po- political, po- political philosophy, perhaps, I don't know, but yeah, it's what it is, I guess, life is life, and life keeps going. Actually, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the linear binary uh, view of life. Like, once something happens, when something is set in stone, once that one or zero has been selected, you can't go back to it, you can't change it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, I guess now more in a political aspect of it. Either way, if you enjoyed know this episode, go to the podcast, give it a like, give it a follow, get a rating, all that good jazz. Let me know of that. So of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things and you want to be a good friend. So give your friend a thing. If you want to punch media, it is at gal.hat on the IGs and as always 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day. It will be an absolutely amazing day today. Drink plenty of water, stay hella hydrated, and I will see you tomorrow.